Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount, proudly brought to you by The Simpsons Quotes that nobody gets anymore Facebook page and nohomers.net. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Today we're here to review Camp Krusty. Now we apologise in advance because Mitch, what's happened this week? Oh, I don't know if it's bronchitis, if it's tonsillitis, if it's some other form of itis. Could be lupus for all I know, but uh, my throat fell apart on me. Uh, there went Again, just them. You, so, came, you came over two days ago. I did. I was going to heroically soldier on, and you probably wisely said, no, we will annoy the shit out of everyone if you sound like that for two hours. It was annoying to listen to you speak just in normal conversation. You, you Pushing me out the door, I thought, was a little bit much. <laughs> <laughs> One of the reasons why I kicked you out was because I wanted this to be a good review, because this was a very monumental episode. And your wife Christy. was making moves at it again. Well, that's the usual. Yeah. You can't, you can't help that. I'm just giving up and trying to stop it. But Cape Krusty, what did you think about the episode? I Well, what I've written down is that this is like a premium episode that wasn't. Like, as in, if we had thought that we had the following when we first launched, that we could, you know, get people to pay us a buck to do episodes, this would have been the first one that we would have done a premium review on and made it as special as we possibly could. This, this is the first special episode of the series, I think. The first standard episode. I can't think of anyone, any from the first three seasons that are real classics. Not in as much as like episodes like Lisa's Substitute. I love. Okay, Lisa's Substitute. Yeah, but but it's, not but a it's also not like yeah, it's not classically remembered by casual fans. casual fans would still love Camp Krusty. Yeah, in a in a way that they wouldn't love some of the better episodes of the early seasons. What did you think about the episode though? Did you enjoy it? I I didn't enjoy it as much as I remembered it being. Yeah, yeah, that was a weird thing. Like I I built it up so much in my head. I still yeah. enjoyed it a hell of a lot. Yeah, but. I also kind of got the sense that the writers were kind of struggling with like great pitch idea and then like they got into it and it was a little bit flimsy and they didn't really know how to put much meat on the bones. I wish they had put uh, more time into seeing Homer's transformation. Mm. I, I know we saw a, quite a bit of Homer and Marge and how their life improved about the kids around. Yeah. But I felt there was more they could have tapped into there. I th- Yeah, I thought if they were going to make it a movie as they'd suggested that... Um, you could have gone into how Springfield itself became a better place with all of the kids gone. That could have That's been a, a funny idea. little way yeah. to go. Like all of the characters that are normally so angry and hostile suddenly becoming nice and almost like Troy McClure's vision of the world without lawyers with everyone holding hands and singing around. So like Springfield's just trucking along beautifully. Everything's great. Even Mayor Quimby's no longer corrupt and is being faithful. And then all the kids come back and it all goes to hell again. That's how it could have worked as a movie. Because I've got here, think, I'm thinking this could not have been a movie. The way they've got it pitched here, the way that the story unfolds, where it's just Homer and Marge, that's all you mm. see, there's no way you could have turned it into a movie. Because no, there's just not, not, enough, not enough flesh on the bones there. But has, as you said, had they done it at the whole town, mm. that would have been great. Well, if only someone had asked me. <laughs> <laughs> Call you up when you were four. Yeah, well, I would have been able to come up with that. I was a smart kid. Okay, now before we get into the full review and the facts and what we usually do, you tell me that you had a Father's Day story. I did. It was Father's Day just gone uh, in Australia. And happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Are you going to wish me a happy birthday? Or? Oh, happy birthday to Dando <laughs> for the weekend. Sorry, I, sorry, I should have crowbarred that in earlier for you. My apologies. Uh, listeners, if you could send through um, a tweet of mm, just some part of your body, would be nice as a little happy birthday message. That'd be great. Doesn't need to be rude. <laughs> you know, maybe a bicep That would be good though Maybe just the middle of your back And we have to guess if it's back or if it's ribs Sounds yeah. good to me <laughs> It'll entertain us for at least two hours And that's that's all Dando needs for his birthday But I was around at my dad's place And I was reminded of a gift that I gave him a couple of years ago That I thought was kind of funny And I'd share it with the listeners So I've shown you Dando It's a, a book called Will to Live uh, It's a story of a gentleman who Was really, really badly ill with toxic shock syndrome He fell into a coma one day his wife was forced to make the decision to amputate all of his limbs to try and save his life. There was only a 1% chance of survival, but it was a case of do that and maybe he lives, don't do it, and, you know, he's cooked. Um, so this guy who's a father of four, the story's about, you know, how he had to adapt and how he's been able to still be a really good father despite having no limbs. So I bought this for my dad, knowing that my dad doesn't read all of that all that much. So he, he unwrapped it and was sort of like, nah, yeah, that's great. Looks good. I'm like, just open the front cover for me, please. He opens the front cover to find this handwritten note. And 
I think this is a universal thing around, well, you know, like a global kind of phenomenon, but certainly anyone that's ever grown up in an Australian schoolyard will appreciate what I've written here. Dear Dad, this is a story of a man who is undoubtedly brave, courageous, and inspiration to us all. He is, in every sense of the word, a hero. His kids could not possibly view him as anything short of being the greatest father on the planet. But you could beat him up in a fight, and to a son, that's all that matters. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> You'd pride yourself on your dad being able to beat your mate's dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. When you were a kid, it's like, well, my dad could beat up your dad. He could not. You'd lose friendships over it. Yeah, you would. <laughs> exactly right. Well, it was a very good Father's Day, Brett. Thank you very much. Uh, you know what I just had then, by the way? It was a vision of my dad fighting the Black Knight from Monty Python, <laughs> the Holy Grail. <laughs> well, I gave. I, I feel g- like I'm going to go to hell. I gave my dad a signed Geelong Guernsey in a frame. Oh, that's nice of you. Yeah, I got it for free. I didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> Does he know that? Yeah, because they came to my work. You know, I, about it. Anyway. I would have dummied up a fake receipt. So, a few facts about Cam Crusty. Before we get into the full review, as we said, James L. Brooks, he wanted it to be the full film, but it actually ran short. So, like, I'm not mm. sure how they expected to make a film out of it. Yeah, they only had like 18 minutes for the first time. And they had to do things to fill in the gap. So, for example, the, uh, the Camp Krusty song had to be extended. Mm. Now, which parts do you think would have made the song and which parts do you think were added? Uh, I reckon the All Rights Reserved gag at the end might have been a tack on. You reckon? I thought it would have been an original. It's a pretty seamless song. Yeah. Like, it's not like there's a, a dramatic key change That's in the not middle. who goes long anyway. Where, like, yeah. they got some different session artists to come in and suddenly all the voices are different for a first. That would have been more obvious. Yeah, um, the overall story was based slightly on the lyrics from Hello Mudder, Hello Fada. Is that what it? Hello Mudder, Hello Fada. Yep. <laughs> Give it. Here I am it. Camp Granada. Camp is Entertaining. And they say we'll have some fun if it stops raining. Now, I was listening to your audio commentary, which are available online. If you guys just Google Simpsons commentaries, you can actually mm-hmm. download the MP3s of it if you want to do that. It's really cool. I have it on my phone now. But uh, I remember hearing them say that the ad break was originally meant to be when Krusty was at Wimbledon, but they changed mm. it to when Bart says, next summer, I'm getting a job. Yeah, right. Okay. I'm not sure which would have worked better. I think that what they went with was better. Honestly, I'm so bad at even noticing the ad breaks when I'm watching it on DVD. Because yeah, there's no ads. It just yeah. flows through, so I forget kind of what it felt like to watch yeah, it on yeah. television. It was originally the final episode of season three. They carried it over. It was mm-hmm. meant to be season three episode. And they had to clear the use, obviously, from Hanna-Barbera or whoever to have the Flintstones in the catch gag. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's nice that Hanna-Barbera cleared that so easily. Now, the original air date was... Oh, sep- oh, sorry. I have a tidbit. Before Ooh, we move on too far. I'm not used to you having tidbits. You have to yeah. tell me beforehand. Yeah, well... It's done this to be three times in a row now. Uh, Ralph's surname is revealed in this episode. Really? This is the first time that we hear him as being Ralph Wiggum. Oh. It's when Lisa is handing out all of the mail after they've taken back the camp. So this is the first time it's announced that he's the chief's son? Yep. Oh, wait, sorry. No, it's not yet officially announced that he's um, Wiggum's son. He's got but the same name. Same surname, so you can draw... I could we covered that already. You can draw okay, the inference, no. Um, also, obviously, uh, there are quite a number of film references throughout this one. We'll yep. cover a few of those as we go along, but some of the more obscure ones, um, Lisa handing uh, the scotch to the guy to deliver the mail is a rip-off of the French Lieutenant's Woman, Meryl Streep film. Kearney beating the drum is a reference back to <laughs> so Ben-Hur. There are Boom. some Lord of the Flies references as we go along. And I reckon that there's a little bit of a sly apocalypse now. I, I haven't watched that film for a couple of years, but I reckon when you first see the reveal on Bart, that the camera angle, the shading, all that sort of stuff felt mm. very much like when you see um, Colonel Kurtz for the first time. Maybe. I haven't seen that for a long time as well. Mm. Anyway, but very good facts. Thank you. You need to tell me though. <laughs> well, I just, you know, you've got to stop moving on so quickly and assuming <laughs> that I've done nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry, but three seasons of you doing nothing <laughs> leads me to do that. <laughs> No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, the original air date was September 24th, 1992. The chalkboard gag was this punishment is not boring and pointless. And the catch gag, as we said, was the Flintstone sitting mm. on the couch as the family walk in. The other thing that I noticed, by the way, season four is the first of the DVDs to include the a word from Matt Groening at the beginning where he introduces everything about season four. So if you have the DVDs, pop that on. Did it, why wouldn't you do the first three? I, you I had a little blurb on the inside of the book. It's just an idea that they... Oh, a little blurb. But this was the one where he actually sits down and he's like, oh, it's got this and it's got that and it's got this. I, I guess it's just that thing of... Season four, probably even to the staff, would have felt like this was one of the first seasons where they really... It became the show. Everything clicked and everything was yeah. in ultra high gear. Yeah. So before we cover off this episode, I, I did write down and then I glossed over it. Some Like, where at season four, which we should not 
discredit like we as four finger discount is pretty exciting to be at this point that so many people have been looking forward to we're going to have they've stuck out throughout the shit years and now we're getting into the good ones coming up with uh things like you choo choo choose me and there's a picture of a train homer meeting god maggie's uh escaping from the school of tots is going to be coming up in this season mr plow the zombie flanders oh yes flanders as Stanley Kowalski is Mr. Plow in this one? Marge. Yeah, Mr. Plow. Mr. Plow. Just mentioned that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and, I can't uh, tell with your nasally voice. <laughs> and Steamboat Itchy. Steamboat Itchy. Steamboat yes. Itchy. So just some of the many things we get to dissect as we go along the next season. I define this season, though, as great as it is, it annoys me how the pupils are so big. Yeah, okay. I feel the design of the characters in this season, and it was in Cam Krusty as well. The scene in particular when Lisa gets the B minus, whatever it is, mm. her pupils are huge. I and thought that's just because she was spazzing out. No, no, no. It's just the whole episode. The characters, their eyes are really big and the pupils are huge as okay. well. I, just, I didn't like the design of them. But anyway, that's just the, the minor little thing that I didn't like. So it kicks off with the kids at school. And it's the last day of the year before summer. And Bart is getting his grades. And he says mm-hmm. to the teacher, Mrs. K, I need to get a D average or C average? C or average. C average in order to go to Camp Krusty because he gets F minuses. And Mrs. K just immediately changes it. And I had forgotten about this. So I'm really thinking, yeah, me too. Well, that's odd. That yeah, really like sense. that's the first time. I'm like, well, something's a little bit weird here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't really realize it's a dream until Skinner comes over and says, have you got your weapons of mass your destruction? Imp- your implements of destruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now let's trash this dump. Now that was a good use of a song. Yeah, school's out for summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of wish we could do this at Ford when we close. Just destroy you everything. probably could. Who's going to stop you? <laughs> we're not allowed to. Because we're already selling everything. But um, then obviously... I, I thought it was a cool scene just overall, just all the kids just demolishing shit. You know the real shame about the Ford factory? What's that? The resale value drops 22% as soon as you uh, drive it drive over. A lot. <laughs> uh, Homer eventually wakes Bart up and hits him with the newspaper to prove it's in the real world rather than pinching. So then it comes to the breakfast table, the family's all eating their breakfast and uh, one of the kids asked uh, Homer, do you remember your promise, Dad? And yeah, quality line in return yeah. from that. Sure do. When you're 18, you're out the door. Which is something I think every parent said to their child at least once. Yeah, probably. And I don't <laughs> think any parent followed through on. No. Well, some would have. Do you think if you hadn't met Ash that you'd be living at home right now? No. No? I, I would be. I wasn't living at home before I met Ash. Oh, really? I was. I, I'm, when I was 18, I was out the door. <laughs> 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 no, not, not quite. I was maybe 19 or 20, but I was, I was in a hurry yeah, yeah. To, to get out on my own. So anyway, then we have Bart trying to basically weasel his way through it. No he knows, what, he knows he's not he going to get a C. He knows his grades are going to be terrible, so he tries to convince Homer that the grading system is going to be different and, and there's other ways that, you know, that he could potentially still get through. If he gets an F, it's actually the best score, basically. Where we then get Homer's hilarious line number two. Yeah. If you really want something in this life, you have to work for it. Now, quiet. They're about to announce the lottery numbers. I like the amount of... I never really realised just how many times they make jokes about the lottery. Yeah, especially um, in the early years. Yeah, in the early yeah. years in The Simpsons. This is something about the lottery, though, though. When you've bought a ticket, you think you're going to win. I'm guaranteed. Yeah. It's I've, like, I've I'm spent go- it I'm- before I got home. <laughs> like, I'm going to win this lottery, yeah. Uh, so, cuts to the kids at school, and they're clearing out their locker. I think they did a really good job of encapsulating what it's like on the last day of school. You just, everyone yeah. just I did like here they had said, put trash in the bin. And they're missing the bin. Yeah. Because that's what you like at school. You're just shoving shit yeah, out of your locker. Yeah. Did I ever... T- well, like, Bart opening his locker has reminded me... I'm not sure if I've ever told you this story before about how bad my locker was in high school. Uh, no, I can't remember. So, if you have. it would have been year nine, I think, where I'd gotten to the point that, like, loose bits of paper, textbooks thrown all over the place, maybe the occasional half-eaten muffin that I'd re-wrapped in glad wrap and then forgotten about and left there... Uh, I also could never be bothered with a lock in high school because I think my lock snapped or something or I broke it and I could just never be bothered spending the five bucks to get a new one. Uh, one day on my lunch break, a couple other girls in my class became so distressed with how messy my locker was. It didn't smell. That was one thing. So it, it didn't impact on anyone else, but they were so upset on my behalf that they cleaned it out for me. <laughs> I felt sorry for you. I opened it up. I thought everything I had had been stolen. <laughs> it just turned out it had been arranged. So... Did you feel embarrassed? No, I was grateful. I just went, cheers, thanks. <laughs> You've done a service. <laughs> I went on my way. I've just realised something, by the way. Mm. We've skipped trivia. Oh, no, yeah, we did. Should we do it now? We better do it now. Yeah, we, we better do it now. Other. I'll just end the... So, eventually I gave up on lockers, lockers and books entirely and I got through the last two years of school by rocking up simply with a pen. Surely more than a pen. At all, least a calculator. All I had was a pen. I borrowed everything else. I refuse to believe that. Only I was pen. like the Kramer of high school. <laughs> like, you got some paper? <laughs> Can I read off your book? I'm like that. I, I actually was like that, but I still took my shit. But then I'd just be too lazy to take it out. But it's going to be bothered. I don't even have a school bag. I was like, well, how am I going to carry this shit? Uh, trivia. 
So, I've got a few questions here. I think I've already... I know I haven't quite ruined one of them, so I've got... Oh, okay. What does the poster say in Lisa's classroom? Poster on the wall in the background. Oh, no, I've got no idea. It's got Krusty on it, and it says, give a hoot, read a book. Oh, damn it. I was going to say, give a hoot, read a book. I just didn't know. Like, that was a guess in my head. At least guess something. But I didn't know that it was from that episode, and part of me actually thought, maybe that's from South Park. (laughs) So, I just let it alone. Uh, Who was playing the tennis game when uh, when Krusty was at Wimbledon? Oh, I should know that. I don't know that. Uh, Van Lendel and Boris Becker. Becker. Yeah, that's it. Uh, what does Lisa get a B plus in? Yeah, uh, behavior, something along those Conduct. lines. <laughs> Conduct. Yep. What was Mr. Black president of for 15 years before becoming the chairman or whatever it is of Ken Krusty? Globex Corporation? <laughs> no, no, Euro Krusty Land. Ah, uh, yeah, that's Before right. it exploded. Before it exploded. <laughs> Uh, why won't Krusty be saying or doing anything when he comes to see the kids at Camp uh, Krusty? Because he has laryngitis and severe back pain. A bad back, yeah. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> he won't be saying anything or doing, doing anything. anything. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, what was Bart's Krusty calculator missing? Oh, um, I think I wrote that down. Cheat. <laughs> was it missing a nine or something? Seven and eight. Seven Nearly. and eight. Didn't have a seven or an eight. So getting back to Game Krusty, we're back on track now. So we were just discussing how uh, there would have been so many people going. They haven't done trivia. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Freaking out. Exactly. I'm about to write in. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, how do I call them? <laughs> I'm expecting emails this week saying, hey, guys, you've got the trivia. Sorry, I, I jumped yep. the gun too quickly. Yep. <laughs> the switchboard would have been flooded. <laughs> Had we had a switchboard. <laughs> Lit up. <laughs> oh, man. Imagine if we get callers. Uh, guys, you forgot the trivia. Any questions? Hands everywhere. <laughs> Keeping in mind, we already explained about the trivia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, we've got front past your locker and Bart's locker. Mm. Obviously, the gym shorts are all One and the same. rusty or whatever. Yep. yep. Lisa gets a B plus in conduct, as my trivia explained. She simply just cannot handle this. I've never at all. gotten a B before. Uh, there was kids in my class who would panic when they wouldn't get like really good grades. Oh yeah, I had a few of those as well. Yeah. I always figured they had real militant parents. Yeah, you just sort of think, just relax. It's like okay, you will survive, you know. Yeah. But it, it really got to them. And you yeah. felt bad for them. But um, so then she asked Miss Hoover to reconsider, and she's like freaking out, it's like Lisa, you're hurting. <laughs> yeah, me. I love that. I, lo- I also love Lisa's line of I feel so dirty. The death's not coming off. <laughs> Great mental breakdown of an eight-year-old. Yeah. And then it cuts straight, to, obviously, to Bart, who's trying to convince Mrs. K, flatters her. Yep. Like, his selling point, the books are coming back in their original packaging. <laughs> <laughs> I love her, how dis- Mrs. K, over the last 10 to 15 episodes, has been written and performed brilliantly. This is a zinger and a half, yeah. this one. I love it. Forget it, short pants. <laughs> oh, how does that? Have a delightful summer. Ah, uh, yeah, that's also great. <laughs> that's just great, yeah. She's written really, really well. What would you say would be her glory years? I'd say I would even put season three to six maybe now. Yeah, I'd have to go through and see how the character evolves, but I'd kind of... She was one that I just never paid a huge amount of attention to. I never to. realized how funny she was. Yeah. We've gone back and reviewed them, you know. So uh, then we have the countdown, which is funny, like all the different five, four, three, yeah. two, one. It reminded me of the, I think it's the first episode of Futurama when they're doing the yeah, countdown, cuts to different countries, to me, which to wouldn't happen, years. which is like geographically impossible. Mm. But anyway. Well, yeah, that's... that. That's a very good point. <laughs> Something you would think that the nerds over at Futurama would they have been aware just of. just to annoy people, I yeah. believe, yeah. Uh, the kids go crazy. They're all leaving. Skinner and Willie are watching out the window. I did like here that he called him William. I don't know why. I just liked that he said William. Just like that he was being proper. Yeah, but it's the first time and only time I can remember him being called William. Mm. Yeah, I just liked it. I just liked that it's like he's Skinner's treating him as an equal. Mm. He doesn't normally. Before ditching him and making yeah. sure that he scrubs everything while yeah, he's yeah. gone. And this is where we get one of the first sly remarks about Skinner behind his back. Like, yeah, silk wearing buttercup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he sort of says something, yes, sir, yeah, blah, 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 yeah, yeah. under his breath. It's one of the first ones of that. Um, there was also a couple, like, I love the unbridled joy of all the kids bailing out and the teacher with that. Wait a minute. You didn't learn how World War II ended. We won! And the other thing that I liked about this is that Skinner uh, has the line, I haven't seen such unfettered hurly-burly since the fall of Saigon. Now, up until Separate Vocations, there was no mention of him being in Vietnam. Separate Vocations was the, the first time. Pride, that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was the first time that they spoke of his war history. Every episode since has had a reference to if it. Skinner's in it, yeah. Yeah, like it's, 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 it's amazing just the... Once they un- 
corked that. They just went, holy shit, we should do this all the time. And, and they Armin Tamsarian came around yeah. and ruined it for everybody. Anyway. So, Otto's driving the kids home. All right. Three months of SpaghettiOs and daytime TV. Did you spot the naked kid? No. Didn't you? No. Go back. It, watch it. <laughs> it's like a split second of a boy running naked just over Otto's shoulder. That's awesome. He's like running backwards, obviously. So, it's just bud. But yeah, yeah running back down the bus. <laughs> it was like that scene in Flying High where, or, or Airplane, depending on where you're from, where everyone goes... Like, they find out the plane's about to crash and that um, everyone just goes absolutely nuts and then there's just one naked person that kind of <laughs> shakes in front of the camera yeah. and then runs off. It's just, I, I just, the last day of school, it's sort of like with my work now, you know the end's coming. It feels like the last week of school. Like how great was it? Like, the teacher couldn't be bothered teaching you anything, so you yeah. play, like, heads down, thumbs up. Yeah. Dead fish. That was like, there was a dead fish, that what it called? Yeah, dead fish. Like the biggest cop out of all time. Be still and quiet for as long as possible. <laughs> <laughs> And the teacher, like, you'd move, and you're like, oh, I hope the teacher didn't see me. The teacher saw you. They just didn't want to have to didn't you want. sitting up. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, getting back on track, Bart and Lisa are sitting on the bus, and Bart is trying to forge his uh, Ds into A's, mm. and Lisa With just like laughs a, in his face. a gem style, a, a gemstone appraisal style magnifying yeah. glass. It's, it's not bad, the A's, but they, they don't look like don't A's. Don't look even <laughs> close. And the thing, like, Homer's line later on, even when I was watching this as a kid, I also thought, well, why wouldn't you not just make that... A B. I like that Homer not saying that came out that as well. Just the fact that he came out with it. Yeah. <laughs> I would have believed a B. A plus. You don't think very highly of me, do you? <laughs> but then watching the commercial for Camp Krusty, and I forgot that the fat camp aspect was actually part of Camp Krusty. Yeah, me too. I didn't realize. I thought it was two separate camps. Mm. And when they're sending Martin off, his line to his parents is the best. Yeah, that is fantastic. <laughs> we'll get to it anyway. Um, I What I liked here... Krusty doing some genuinely good clowning in that ad. Mm. Like he, he's quite the horse rider. Yeah, he really is. He's like he's an entertainer, isn't he? Yeah, it's really rare that you see Krusty with clown skills. Normally, you see him as being you see the clown a sometimes. washed up, failed um, guy. But like when when he does stuff well, when he rides his little bike through his loop the loop, when he does all that sort of stuff, it's just I really enjoy seeing Krusty perform at his best. I did like here that it's sort of like foreshadowing how it's going to go actually bad, where Krusty says. And the best part is, when you come to Camp Krusty, you'll spend the summer with me on his dingin. <laughs> it's sort of like a wink to the camera as if to say, it's not going to be like that at all. But yeah. if you're watching this episode for the first time, you wouldn't think that. But yeah. now that we can look back, you know, oh, okay, so that was sort of the first hint that this isn't going to go the way we think it is. Homer then runs over the skateboard with a mower. This was a great scene. One of my yeah. favorites for the whole episode. I completely forgot about it's it. Just apathetically mowing everything in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what you like. When you are mowing the back lawn and there's dog shit there, do you just run over it? No, I try not to because I always have this silly fear that it's going to spit out all over me. <laughs> you would think that. <laughs> you just, you never know. You can't be too careful with that sort of thing. Oh, that'd be amazing if it did though. I, I'd, um, <laughs> so that's why you got a sore throat. I'd prefer to just not mow the lawn at all. <laughs> I was gonna say, my next question was going to be, do you actually do the lawn mowing at the house? Or of course is that I do. Job? Ash wouldn't be able to start a lawn mower. Really? Ash would, a, a, wouldn't have the upper body strength and B, wouldn't know which part to pull. But she's very heavy chested. <laughs> heavy set, whatever Jesus. it was. <laughs> I'll never let you live that down. The point is, I do the mowing and the whippersnippering <laughs> and all of the outdoorsing. I don't have like lawnmower clothes. You know those people in the neighbourhood that get dressed Gloves, up to mow the lawns? The glasses. And those little shoes that have the flaps yep. so that you don't get grass clippings in your sock. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Fucking jump in the shower afterwards. It's part of Saturday morning mowing the lawn. Exactly. Getting grass everywhere. Some people just love an outfit. Yeah. Like they've got to wear an apron when they're cooking. Yeah. People that are buying Lycra to ride their bike casually. Like yeah. if you're not racing, just wear shorts. Yeah. <laughs> just footy shorts. <laughs> Uh, Bart shows Homer the fake report as we said before and Homer's just like you don't have much respect for me do you you should have done B's mm. instead of A's says to Bart he can still go because basically I made this deal because yeah. I thought it would help you get good grades and you didn't but why should you pay for my mistakes great line as well yeah, yeah it's hilarious and then that's um, also a nice dig at parenting in general yeah how often do parents hold something over your head as a reward if you can get good grades yeah that is good. like uh, sometimes I never got the good see on without float my own boat I was quite good at school, particularly primary mm. school. I was really okay. good. So, I never had the good grades, but it was like, if you if you do the dishes, you'll get this. Uh, right. For me, particularly, actually, I think it was because my dad knew that I was smart, but I was lazy. So, he did it a lot. It would be like, if you like get more A's on your report and you can have a Tamagotchi or something along those lines. Um, or I think at one point, they were selling these little toys that were similar to lacrosse. And when I was a kid, I really badly wanted one. Yeah. So, I was like, get it. 
get a, a you know a, a distinction on your English exam, and we'll think about it. Never worked once <laughs> because I am shit at doing what I'm told. If I've had artificial rules placed on me, like once once it turned into that, I'm like, well, now I don't want it. <laughs> Just want to do my own thing. I never bothered with my reports after year eight when I got a report that was the exact same as my friend Richard just our names were changed oh really the blurb was word for word exactly the same yeah right it that bo- hurts it bothered me I was like well that just fucking ruins everything for me like, I, clearly they the just whole thing the whole system's are based on a lie <laughs> exactly I was like I used to try and get good grades it means nothing education nothing. is an empire built on sand <laughs> Alrighty, so as we said, let's Bart go. Bart says, You're the best dad in the world. Ah, oh, thanks, son. Now reach under there and get that out for daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Cuts the commercial, comes back. Marge is packing for Bart. Bart says he's going to swim naked. Uh, the human body is a beautiful thing. Or yeah. Something like that. Homer walks in. Marge, my, my crazy is my back getting hairier. <laughs> my back is getting hairier, I've noticed recently. Well, that happens getting older. Yeah, <laughs> exactly it's right. It's not going to. Like, it's not going to get less hairy until you're about 70 yeah. when everything starts falling off. Now, the next scene I felt might have been something that was thrown in because I was running short on time. It was just short and sweet and didn't really add anything to the story. It was mm-hmm. just Lisa trying to get uh, injections. For immunizations immunizations. For Yeah. 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 I don't, I, it fit the character of Lisa, but I'm like, ugh, didn't need to be there. Well, it didn't need to like, be. It, it filled time. I got a laugh out of it. A lovely part. Mostly out of just the, the, her delivery on, don't. Patronize me, doctor. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, just, it didn't do it for me this scene. I don't know what about was about it. I just didn't quite feel the need for it. Anyway, Marge is crying over dinner because she Cause doesn't she miss everybody. Because mums get like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get the really... The pickle. I, I say the really popular scene. It's not that pip, uh, popular. It's famous. But it's famous because I remember it. It was a Channel 10 special where they'll play like a Simpsons mini marathon throughout the night. Yeah. And it was hosted by two people from Neighbours. It was that Samantha Chick... I can't remember. Anyway, it was too, I always remember because I taped it. I used to watch it over and over again. Okay. But I ha- they had like a mini documentary where it was like behind the scenes of The Simpsons and you watched Nancy Cartwright act out that scene. Oh, okay. And I remember, I always remember when I watched that scene, did they now, have an I actual, think of that. Did they have a pickle on set? They showed that clip and they showed um, Nancy doing it. I always just remember that whenever I watched mm. the scene. Yeah, it just reminds me of that. You know what bugs me about this scene? What is that? It's technically a stalemate. Homer's very defiant in that check mate yeah. that's not checkmate is when you win Homer didn't get to have the pickle either it's a stalemate that is true I will give you that but in his mind he wins which is a stalemate <laughs> <laughs> I get it but stalemate just doesn't work look it might not have the same I, well it definitely doesn't have the same punch but it just tarnishes it just that little bit for me yeah, you've ruined it thank you thank you for ruining this very very popular joke on the Simpsons I didn't write it <laughs> They're the ones that ruined it. So the kids are then leaving. And as we get to the Martin scene, right? So enjoy your time at Image Enhancement Camp. Spare me your euphemisms. It's fat camp for daddy's chubby little secret. Amazing line from Martin. It was great. You know, this whole scene had a, um, a real Remember the Titans vibe for me. With all the parents kind of packing everyone off and sending mm. them away. The only thing that annoyed me about it, though, was they had Marge celebrating. When 10 seconds earlier, she was crying. She was crying, but yeah. Well, you know, you, women are resilient. They move on from grief. Oh, so you crack it over checkmate and stalemate, but that's fine. No, no women are tough. Like, but what? She was celebrating. They have though. a little cry. They get their tears out, uh, and then they're good. They move on. She realized she was being silly. That's why men can be <laughs> shit. We get a pot <laughs> joke here. The pot joke is in a marijuana joke? Yeah. Remember, leaves of three, let it be. Leaves of four, eat some more. <laughs> Isn't that a um, poison ivy joke? I always thought it, saw it as a marijuana joke. I don't think that's a marijuana joke. Isn't it? I wouldn't have thought. Leaves. Why, why would he? How is it a poison ivy joke? Why would he laugh? He's laughing to himself. Trust me. I'm just, type leave, leaves the four eat, eat some more into Google and see if it comes up with marijuana joke. Poison ivy. Leaves the four eat some more. Um, you, you wrote that into Google. I wrote leaves of three. Let it be. Yeah. Poison ivy is the first result. Yeah. Now leaves of four eat some more. Eat some more. Type that. Poison oak. Poison ivy. Both three leaved. Yeah, but then Homer says leaves of four, eat some more. Oh, so you're saying that the leaves of four the is leaves the marijuana of four, bit. he's saying eat some more if it's leaves of four. Leaves of four. So leaves of three, leave it be, but there's leaves of four, eat some more. And then he laughs to himself. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I thought I was stuck on the first bit. Yep, yeah. I'm with you. I could be wrong, but I always, I've always seen it as a marijuana joke. No, I believe that you are correct that that is a marijuana joke. And I thought it was cool that, that as a kid, I never quite got that. But when I was sort of like a teenager, I was like, that's a marijuana joke in The Simpsons. That's awesome. Mm. <laughs> I like that they sort of hint throughout the years, Homer, that he was a bonghead when he was a kid. Mm. I think it was a... What about bonghead? 
Like he, I don't picture. He, he liked to indulge sometimes. Every now and then. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I think it's the what's the episode where he goes? I haven't seen a bong in years. B yeah, sharp, B sharp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the first hint that Homer used to do drugs when he was younger. Mm. Uh, then we get the a, a good line from Lisa as the kids are leaving. If the, the if the pets die, don't replace them. I'll know. I'll know. Yeah, yeah. And as I said, they take off. Oh, the, I like too when they all celebrate and one of the parents says, "Don't come back." <laughs> I didn't catch that. That's pretty cruel. <laughs> right at the very end. The bridge then collapses as the bus is driving into the camp crusty entrance. Another hint that things aren't quite going to be what they seem. Crusty mm-hmm. intro, a great pan out to him being on the television. You yeah. think he's there? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome animation there. Uh, then we get the introduction to Mr. Black. They call a pullback and reveal in the biz. Yes. Uh, intro to Mr. Black now. I know Mr. Black is a character Mr. that you Black. really enjoy. I fucking love him. <laughs> I love... I'd, you know, I'd forgotten um, briefly about the scene where they're all... Later on, where they're all sitting around the table eating their roast and just his... Gentlemen. Do evil. evil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember well, that scene at the, all until I watched it. Yeah. What I love about Mr. Black is how reserved he is. Like you said that in a... Do evil. But he's just... Do evil. Yeah. Like he's so... Everything he says is so evil, but he just throws it away. It's nothing. I thought you said you brought their spirits. You, you brought nothing. nothing. <laughs> so good. Mark Kirkland actually and said in the, um, the audio commentary that he expected Mr. Black to return, but he never actually did. Mm. I feel this is a character they could have brought back for... Any time you needed it. Someone just to take a nameless, over. A nameless face yes. for an evil corporation. Yeah, it's going to say like, someone to be in charge of something Now evil, I'd yeah. like to introduce you all to my best friend. Mr. Black. Yeah. Uh, it's so, so great that he's recorded That's one of the most himself. iconic scenes from this episode, I believe. Mm. That's what I think anyway. It's one of the ones I remember the most. Mr. Black. Yeah. So, Mr. Black also introduces the counsellors, who are Jimbo, Kearney, and... Uh, Dolph. Dolph, thank you very much. I, I love, like, they're just standing there menacingly, and then, is it Wendell, I think? He sneezes or he coughs. He coughs, yeah. yeah. Which coughs. Looks like we got a troublemaker. Drags <laughs> <laughs> him away. They are just your classic evil camp counselors, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. What do you think the process was to select these boys to be the camp counselors? Oh, like, this is the camp crusty. Like, it's obviously a huge thing. They were there. <laughs> Menacingly. I reckon uh, they'd interview well. They seem Jimbo in particular. They, they can seem do, charming, don't they? They can do fake sweet to for adults. Yeah. Marge, Marge never sees through them. No, never. Yeah. <laughs> Homer then sneaks in on Marge in the shower. Yeah. It's one of those scenes that makes this more than a cartoon. Like, it's just, it's two adults being adults. Mm. You know, when the kids are out, you have a bit of fun. And it's dirty fun, but it's fun. Mm. Uh, Kearney then takes the kids to their cabin. Dirty and clean. He's yeah, in the shower. That is true. Mm. Yes. I like what you did there. Kearney then takes the kids to the cabin. Another one of my favorite lines. If you don't like it, T.S. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa's concerned She can see through this She's like This isn't right like, yeah. This is not going to be fun But but he just has not com- worried He just has complete faith in Krusty Like the Krusty yeah. brand He wipes off the, the crust- okay, He has to wipe off dust To get to the Krusty brand seal of approval Yeah Yeah that was kind of cool Obviously and then We see instantly How shambolic and shabby The Krusty <laughs> brand seal of approval is Don't touch that The clock gets hot If it's left plugged in <laughs> <laughs> How good is that Ah <laughs> uh, like it's extremely hot and then he just says, yeah, it's all fine. This is all fine. Yeah, yeah. It's things that are exploding knives coming out of something. This is where the episode really starts to pick up steam. And I don't think it was really funny in the first sort of act. It was it was okay, but it wasn't... The, the best act, I think, was the second act. Mm. It was all at the camp. Did you pick up when Krusty leaves of the misspeaking? Mm-mm. I'm I'm positive that he says that he's off to Wimbledon. He does. He does yeah. say, I thought the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah, he says Wimbledon. Yeah. I didn't know whether that was left I think deliberately. No, oh, I assume it was. I'm sure that they knew what the town is actually called. What is it a town? Wimbledon? Or is it just the name of the tennis courts or the tennis club? Isn't it a suburb of London? Don't know if it's a suburb. Anyway, I'm sure they knew it regardless. Apologies to everyone that lives in Wimbledon. If they knew <laughs> Boris Becker and Ivan Lendl, they knew where Wimbledon was or what it was actually called. So, I'm, I'm pretty well, sure. Well, they wrote Wimbledon as the, the little line at the subtitle. bottom. Subtitle. But he definitely, says, he definitely Wimbledon. says Wimbledon. Yeah, I didn't know whether I was hearing things. So, I've replayed that just to make sure. Mm. Then we cut to the kids roasting pine cones because they're not they're too cheap to give them marshmallows. Yeah. What I did like here, though, was the really cool... Pan there because like Kearney just chucks gasoline or whatever it is yeah. on the fire. It pans up, and as it pans back down, it's now Lisa with the canoe. And mm. Lisa's like, "I don't think this looks very safe." It ain't getting any safer. <laughs> <laughs> Kearney had the best lines out of yeah. all the bullies in his episode. And then uh, we see the first hint of Fat Camp fat as camp, well. Yeah, and it's got a very Full Metal Jacket vibe about it. Here's another movie reference, actually, that I didn't, yeah. that I didn't mention earlier. Um, specifically the scene where he's trying to get Private Pile to do, like, you can't give me one lousy pull-up. Um, that's pretty much exactly 
Yeah. This Christmas ham. Take out all. Of, take out all of the swearing, and that's exactly what happened in this scene. It reminded me. I don't know why. Have you seen Major Pain? Yeah, yeah. You know that scene where he's just walking up and down, just drilling all the kids. Yeah, that sounds really bad. But you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Major. <laughs> see, that's Major Pain spelled the literal way. <laughs> And then we get the famous, just moving on swiftly, by the way, moving straight to the uh, Camp Krusty song. Should we just play it? I think so. We will always love Camp Krusty. Our registered trademark is the Krusty Corporation. All rights reserved. Did you notice here at the end that Martin was part of the choir? Oh, no. We well, see him at the start as well, obviously, but... Well, mate, yeah, that's weird, because they were locked into the yeah. camp. They, why would... They, like, how did animators make that mistake, you know? Mm. Like, you'd just drawn the scene where Martin was at fat camp, and he... Yeah, but obviously, they'd probably been drawn be divvied up yeah, and yeah, yeah. all that sort of stuff, so I guess it's yeah, easy I to slip through. Like, there's a, when there's such an iconic... That's more of a director thing, like, how does yeah, the director screw up? When there's such an iconic scene... Not iconic, but such a big scene involving Martin at fat mm. camp. How does he then get into something else? Yeah, yeah. I, did, I just thought it was a little mistake that could have been fixed. We then get also during the song the reused animation of the kids running downhill. Now, the reused version of it only has Bart running downhill. Mm-hmm. And it's when he's running away from Skinner in The Boy Who Knew Too Much. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah, so it's the same backdrop, same hill, same animation, but yep. Milhouse and Lisa are taken out of it. And he's running a different direction. Okay. Yeah. Well, what was your favourite part of the song? Mine was the ending, the trademark all rights reserved. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, no, for me it was the ending as well. Yeah. Like it, it, that was just a bit that kind of tied it all together. And then the, it collapses, just the final mm. touch, just you know, reiterate how shit this camp actually mm. is. Actually, if you want me to talk again about obscure comedy, it reminded me of a George Carlin bit from like the 60s where he rewrote, um, oh, what's the song? You better go somewhere. See to shiny see. Um, so he he rewrote part of the. Uh, is it the national? The, no, the national. It's like Anthem their song. second song. Yeah, the, like the. It's like their waltzing Matilda. Yeah. Um. It was uh, America, America. Man spills his. Uh, sh- man sheds his waste on thee and hides the pines behind billboard signs from sea to oily sea. Anyway, um, it just reminded me of that like this really beautiful chorus kind of orchestral, not orchestral, but you know, choiral. Is that a word? Yeah. Um, I know verse, what you're going for. Verse, singing about awful, ugly things. Yeah. And you don't realise that they're actually singing about shit stuff. You know, like it's if, just, it's if just you would just listen yeah. to it without paying attention to the words. It's like the song Pumped Up Kicks. Yeah. You don't realise that they're singing about someone shooting everyone in his class because yeah. they've got better shoes than him. Yeah, exactly. Because it's used in commercials and stuff. And you're just like, oh, that's catchy. I'm going yeah. to go buy whatever they're selling. So that cuts to the kids, I guess, at the getting cafeteria. Gruel? Getting served yeah. invitation gruel. Yeah. That's... It's what is it, crusty brand imitation? Crusty brand imi- imitation gruel. Nine out of ten orphans can't tell the difference. Where <laughs> slight, slight, slight movie illusion. Um, yeah. It's not a, it's not a parody in any way, but it got me thinking of Soylent Green because it, it just. Oh, okay. So, well, spoiler alert. Soylent Green set in the future. Everyone's eating Soylent Green, which is like a gruel type thing. Um, Charlton Heston's character discovers eventually that it was people. Ah. Soylent Green is made out of people. Sorry, that's my best job. ruined the movie for me. Yeah, well, it was made in like 60-something or early 70s. Evolved. So, yeah, <laughs> I think the statute of limitations has expired on that. Anyway, it just, it would not have surprised me if crusty brand imitation gruel was made out of people. Yeah, of kids. A little homage. Maybe not kids. A little foreshadowing of uh, Nightmare Cafeteria. A little bit, Yeah. <laughs> Then we cut to the scene that we mentioned earlier, the really good scene of the counselors at the table. Just sitting around a roast ham. Yeah. Big, like, big Wine glasses in the middle. Gentlemen, yeah. too evil. <laughs> just another brandy. It's, it's the delivery, isn't yeah. it? It's just, just like... Mr. Black, another brandy. Oh, they're, they're so proud that they're evil, you know? Mm. Homer and Marge, their sex life has just improved immensely. Homer's mm. lost weight and gained hair. He's lost five pounds and grown new got hair. Almost yeah. got a comb over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could never do that sound. Well, clearly neither could I. <laughs> It <laughs> did not work. I'm blaming my throat. Uh, the kids are now worried at camp. The counselors turn the lights off early so they can go meet some tail on the other side of the yeah. lake. I like that line of, I like how you call it tail. Yeah. You don't really hear that very often. Go no, meet some you tail, you know. There's some good old-fashioned words like that. Yeah. Chasing skirts. Yeah, that skirts sort of another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's like the male equivalent of that? Um, like what would chicks say? <laughs> don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say it. Going out trying to catch some snakes. Don't say it. 
Um, and Lisa says, I feel like I'm going to die, but Bart's like, we're all going to die. I mean, soon. <laughs> so so do I. <laughs> <laughs> then we get, meanwhile, at Wimbledon, yep. uh, Crossy's being really annoying. He's yelling out at the players and whatnot. Devouring those strawberries. Yes. It's like George oh, Costanza. <laughs> There's lots of memes with Krusty's face as he's eating the strawberries. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's great. I remember though, and even as I'm watching it for this time to do the review, I'm thinking, it's so random that he's gone to uh, to Wimbledon. Like, why has he gone there? Hmm. And it wasn't until later on that I realized he was being knighted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because all this time I'm thinking, why, why is he, he go to Wimbledon? And sit, why is he sitting next to the Queen? It makes mm. no sense at all. But obviously, as I said, he's getting knighted. So Marge writes to the kids. I, I lo- also love the, like that play on British high society. That rather than being called a clown, it's like, with the Harley Quinn in the yeah. third row. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Marge writes a letter to the kids, and obviously she's saying about how great things are going, how Homer's getting into shape and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And we get the really good transition. You think it's the kids eating the cookies and reading the letter, but it's actually Kearney. Yeah, tell your mum that her cookies her suck. Cookies suck. Yeah. Lisa then replies, <laughs> "The nature walks are turned into." Death marches or something. Yeah. Newhouse falls over. Get in line, maggot. <laughs> and then we get the boom, boom. Yeah. What is that's like, that's what, the Ben Hur moment. Yeah, but like, what are they making? Like wallets or purses? Or uh, something? Yeah. Was it Louis Vuitton or Gucci wallets or something like that? Yeah. And they've got to be out on the shelves like tomorrow or something. Yeah. It's like the. It, um, Gucci wallets. That's what it is. I've got it written here. It is Gucci wallets. Yeah. It's, I was going to say, it's like uh, uh, Ben Stiller's character in Happy Gilmore. Yeah. With all the old people with yes. arts and crafts type. <laughs> My favorite line in that whole movie. Now, you will go to sleep, or I will put you to sleep. <laughs> Check out the name tag. You're in my world now. <laughs> or I will put you to sleep. Um, I, just, I just love the, um, my fingers hurt. Oh, what's that? My fingers hurt. Oh, well, now your back's going to hurt, because you just pulled yard duty. Anyone else's fingers hurt? I didn't think so. <laughs> and the crazy lady, get me out of yeah. here. Anyways, what through Happy Gilmore review. <laughs> uh, Bart's getting through it by just being delusional. Krusty is coming. Krusty is coming. Krusty is coming. And then she, uh, now, what was the movie that this was an homage to where she gives the... The French lieutenant's something or other. The French lieutenant's woman. Okay, yep. Um, really? It's a mouthful of a title. It's not yeah, one that yeah. you would, you know. So Lisa gives a letter to this guy on a horse and she gives him what? Some form of alcohol. Whiskey. Whiskey. Or scotch or something. Yeah, like something yeah. Yeah, in a flask. He takes it to Marge. Marge doesn't question why the letter's getting delivered to her by a man on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just took it to the post office. Yeah, okay. Marge and Homer just don't buy into it at all. They think that, you know, once we pick them up, they won't want to leave. They're yep. just being kids of being kids. Then that's when the roof gets ripped off the top of the cabin and Bart says the line, Lisa, I've been thinking it over. Next summer, I'm getting a job. Cut back from commercial. And Homer and Marge are having a picnic of some sort. I'm assuming somewhere where they're going to watch some fireworks. There's a great whatever. line here. I really love yeah. this. Like, you think it's a it's double... A switch. Yeah, yeah, you think it's a double entendre and it turns out not to be. Where yeah. he's like, don't worry, Marge. We've got all the fireworks we need right here. Cameron Burns down. Basket full of fireworks. Yeah, fireworks. Yeah, that was great work. Yeah. That's like some Zucker Brothers style comedy. Yeah. Mr. Black then presents Barney as Krusty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crunchy the Clown. Crunchy the Clown. And... We've got the laryngitis line, which is just hilarious. Mm. And Bart's just, he's just had enough because he's like, you know, it's clear this isn't fucking Krusty the Clown. Yeah. Well, the, first of all, the kids are all confused. Now, I've got here Ralph. He says he's funny, no, just not ha-ha funny. Mm. They haven't quite made Ralph the moron yet. No, not quite. Not not at all. Not not the really stupid one. I mean, in the last episode, or was it the episode beforehand, two episodes ago where he says, um, it's recess everywhere but in his heart. Yeah, that was kind like, of eloquent. That's that's a far cry from my cat's breath smells like cat food. Yeah, I bet my Wookiee. He doesn't say, he's not the moron yet. And mm. then a little bit later when he gets his letter, the design of Ralph is atrocious. Have you seen that scene? Uh, didn't like, pay A change of attention. underwear or something he says. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Bart pretty much starts the rebellion. They all just take over the stage and whatnot and we get the... I thought you said you broke their spirits. We did. You broke nothing. Kids then smash the place up. Um, oh, a little tidbit of trivia here, okay. by the way. What yeah. Mr. Black escapes in? The hydrofoil? Was it? Do you know what a hydrofoil no, is? I don't know. I, neither did I. I looked it up. The hydrofoil this is... This is to the hydrofoil, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a hydrofoil is a boat that is lifted out of the water by shaped veins or foils that reduces the drag. So basically, yeah. it's not the hull of the boat in the water. It's just these foils, which to me defeats the purpose of having a boat. Because it's not really floating anymore. It's more like the whole thing is skiing. Yeah, it's 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 on skis, yeah. yeah. Obviously, when you stop, it's handy to have the boat. Well, you can't drive out of Camp Crossing. The bridge is collapsed, so you need a boat. That's true. <laughs> but it's just cool. They've anyway, got like, yeah, some supervillain like, escape yeah. vehicle. <laughs> um, as we said, yeah, the kids are just smashing the place up. Um, Bart sets the fat kids free. Mm-hmm. And then Martin... My chunky the brothers. Yeah, my chunky brothers. Yeah. 
<laughs> and Martinets or the gruel. Ooh, delicious gruel. Mm. Lisa handing out the mail as well. You mentioned Ralph and being unhappy with that, but I love Crandall. My insulin. My insulin, yeah. I almost couldn't say that. See, this isn't the issue with my voice right now. I can't go high pitch. I feel like you're struggling a little bit. A tiny bit. Yeah. But, but yeah, like I can't get any higher than what I am right now, so it's hard to do the kids' voices. My- I can't do it either. I've just got too much of a deep voice. Maybe I should just do it in the style of the guy from Con Air. Hey, man, my insulin. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. As bad as it is, it's an amazing movie. <laughs> It's the best, man. It is. Ah, <laughs> oh, bird shit on my windscreen again. <laughs> Damn bird shit. You, uh, plus, you didn't make best friends with Cyrus, the damn virus. <laughs> so Bart changes the flag to Camp Bart, and Lisa's like, you're supposed to change it to Camp Freedom. <laughs> yeah. This has a better ring to it. Uh, Krusty then is about to be knighted, and he gets the phone call saying that, you know, Camp Krusty's just gone to yeah. shit. I love that, by the way. So just, is that meant to be that? This better be important. <laughs> so he doesn't get knighted? Is that what it's meant to be saying? Obviously, um, he never gets referred to as Sir Krusty the Clown, so maybe it's meant to be that this interrupted him becoming a knight. I'm sure he could have. Well, yeah, he might have run straight out of there. Yeah, well, I think he does. Because he does out. have that, like, what's his, um, it's kind of a Yiddish, like, oi, gavolts yeah, or yeah. something like that. Uh, Homer and Marge are doing yoga. I like the way he says, your neck is a piece of well-cooked asparagus. asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Uh, interrupt is, this with a news report. Hank Azaria, I presume, doing that voice. Yeah, because he does a poo. I think mm. I said in the commentary that it's, it pretty much is a poo's voice. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you've dialed up a little bit. But it's yeah. more like the uh, the leader of the Quickie Mart, yeah. whatever his name was. Yeah, I think it was just the leader of the Quickie Mart. Uh, so the news report about Camp Krusty, Homer's pretty much thinking in his head, please don't be Bart, please don't be Bart. Yeah, I, great line from Brockman here, by the way. Yeah. The, the opening is like, I've been to Vietnam, Afghanistan and Iraq, and I can say without hyperbole that this is a million times worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get a word here with the ringleader. And then once Homer sees that it's Bart... Cool animation. As unrealistic as it is, it's just funny. Mm. Gut comes back out. Please, not the boy. Out. Please, not the boy. <laughs> and the, the, the music, too, as the hair's falling to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, you feel sorry for Homer. Um, the three counselors. Oh, I'll do this. Now, the three counselors are missing and presumed scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he interviews Bart, and Bart says, I just want the whole world to know that this was a really crappy camp. Can I say crappy on TV? Yes, on this network you can. That wasn't a dig at Fox, but do you think it's... I think it might have been a subtle dig at Fox. Without saying it? Their lack of... I don't want to say lack of morals, but it's like that kind of... They don't care too much about being lowbrow. We are married with children. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So then Krusty arrives to the reporters. Now, I never realised just how many times in the earlier seasons Krusty has arguments and fights with reporters and photographers yeah right Knocks it up. what I don't like though is that he actually punches the camera which yeah. knocks the person out I'm like that's stupid. well f- from what I understand though that particular thing is actually a reference to Sean Penn doing that ah. Sean Penn like shoved a uh, paparazzi and I think he hit like I think it was a similar thing there was footage from the guy's camera and he was trying to push the camera out and push it to the guy's like head he ended up hitting the camera lens itself okay. so it was kind of copying that yeah I thought the lines here though from the reporters were spot on uh, the uh, you and Princess die more than just friends. Yeah, that, which is a joke that sort of makes you go ooh now. But um, it's the is it true you kind of played a suicide when you heard the news? Mm, yeah, that's true. Just stuff like that. I the Princess die line doesn't like look. She died. Well, uh, obviously that was look. That's a very long time ago now. But you know, she the, was. A there big, was an awful lot of rumors of her getting about. And he was in Wimbledon. I heard Princess oh. Diana and Brian Adams just yeah throwing it out there. <laughs> Hope I'm not breaking any hearts. Better not to remember. From January December. (laughs) The only thing that looked good on him. Let's not quote Brian Adams. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Crusty then comes in. The kids don't believe it's Crusty and they realise it is when they see that he's got the third nipple, whatever it is. A third nipple? The superfluous third nipple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other famous TV characters to have a third nipple? Who? Chandler from Friends, I'm pretty sure he's got a third nipple. Is it a third nipple? Is it? Like, not in real life, but I think on the show. The character, yeah, I think you're right, yeah. And then we get a great line. How could you, Krusty? I'd never lend my name to an inferior product. <laughs> ah, that well, yeah, that's funny on yeah. its own. But Krusty's response: They drove a dump truck full of money into my house. I'm not made out of stone. Yeah. <laughs> You've quoted that so many times. So good. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Everybody, no matter what it, no matter what the thing is, everyone in the world has a number. And, and it's, fi- num- it's fine as long as you're willing to admit that I did it for the money. Well, yeah, of course. And like that number's going to be different depending on the circumstance, depending on the situation, depending on the person. But no matter what someone's asking you to do, eventually, if they got to a number high enough, you just go, oh, shit, that's the number that I've, I have to do, do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> this is, there's no way going back now. Um, but then it explains how bad the camp was. A kid got eaten by a bear. Oh, my God. Or just ate his hat. 
Was it a nice hat? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) I said in the commentary, I think it was, I love how he puts in more emphasis with the second, oh, my God, after hearing it was just a hat. (laughs) (laughs) And then obviously, nice one. And obviously, now to make up for the shitty camp, Krusty takes them all to Tijuana. And we get the funny photo screenshots. Happiest place on earth. Yeah. The photo screenshots to end the episode, the cockfighting. And I like the last couple where the bus is leaving, everyone's happy, and then Krusty Krusty's chasing, chasing yeah. after it. And, um, and the... I don't know who it was that they got to do the singing, but singing Frank Sinatra is yeah. um, south of the border. But yeah, a great episode. Like, it wasn't as good as I remember it being, but that doesn't mean it wasn't great. It was the first monumental episode that I can remember of The Simpsons. Yeah, landmark kind yeah. of episode. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from this episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned from this particular episode that strawberries and cream are one of the more delicious combinations you will get of food. Especially when you eat them at Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. I learned that 9 out of 10 orphans can't tell the difference between gruel and crusty brand imitation gruel. <laughs> okay, then before we get into the mailbag, we need to thank the donors for this week. So, big thank you to Sophie Smith, Ben Kane, and Mark Trelevin. Thank you very much. We do appreciate your support. As we said, once again, Sophie Smith, Ben Kane, and Mark Trelevin. If you'd like to chuck a couple of dollars our way, you can go to fourfingerdiscount.com.au forward slash donate. Or if you'd like to purchase our premium podcast, Cape Fear is the next one, but at the moment we have Bart versus Australia. We were going to be doing Cape Fear this week, and I apologize. But we started. Just, we actually started recording, and I sort of went, you know what, this isn't going to work. We're just due to the throat. We're going to have to wait until I'm feeling a little bit better, which will only be a couple of days. We'll get it done soon, so it'll be up next week. Basically, because we figured you're putting your hard-earned money into it. It's only a dollar mm. we do, but it's money's money, and we didn't want you to be buying an inferior product. We would never <laughs> lend our name to an inferior product. I'm an inferior product today. <laughs> We're happy to give you inferior for free, yes. but certainly not ones that you've paid for. But yeah, so fourfigurediscount.com.au forward slash premium dash podcast. If you'd like to check out our reviews of You Only Move Twice and Bart vs. Australia, only a dollar we do per episode. If you haven't bought any of them yet and you plan to purchase both of them, Please purchase them both in the same transaction because we pay less fees that way. Yeah, that's that's nice. PayPal like take fees. out a big thirty percent out of every transaction. So yeah. Anyway, PayPal the man. Yes. The mail. The mail is here. Ooh. The mail is apparently here. <laughs> it seems that way. It's a shorter mailbag this week. Yes. Uh, for two reasons. One, I haven't had as many scintillating questions come in, and two. My throat's about to give up. We've had lots of uh, real-life stories come through. There have been a lot of real-life yeah, stories, but I don't want to do a mailbag just of real-life nah, stories. But mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au if you do have a question or a real-life story or a My Two Cents story to send through to us. Mm. I'll kick off with a real-life story. Uh, what was one of the most recent suggestions that I saw for that? 22 short films about four-finger discount was another one that's mm-hmm. come through. Don't really love it, but it works. I, I Maybe think that could be the gag. We just never have a name for it. We just it. keep giving it a different name every week. <laughs> didn't you? Didn't someone send through on Facebook a name and you said, that's it, we finally got it? That's the name. I'm pretty sure someone sent through on Facebook there. I remember you writing back to them. Yeah, I remember saying that. Don't remember what they wrote. We'll have to find it. I'm on a lot of medic- <laughs> I'm on a lot of meds. Yeah. Um, uh, so Ben Truppiano. Good name. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> Is Ben Truppiano again or True Piano? One of those two things. True Piano. <laughs> I was at my. So Ben's at his work desk. Uh, McDonald's had just released mini Sharon footballs for the season, okay. so AFL style uh, footballs. He was chucking it up in the air as he usually does uh, to himself to keep himself busy whilst on the phone. After a few days of distracting throws, he misjudged a toss and threw a ball that accidentally landed over his cubicle into the desk of a female coworker. Ooh. She said, "From now on, I don't want to see that ball thrown anywhere near my desk." What a kind! Like, come on, lighten up. It's football, biatch. But if you hate football, I can understand. Yeah, someone's trying to have a little bit of fun at work. What's the, anyway? Um, the next day, the same thing happened. She confiscated my mini uh, Macca Sharon and locked it in the bottom drawer of her desk. I asked her what I needed to do to get it back, and she quoted word for word, "If you were in my position, would you give the ball back?" I pointed out the similarities between her actions of that of Edna from The Simpsons, and while she appreciated the reference, she refused to give the ball back. <laughs> oh, that, that's bad. Um, to make the story even better, the next day she put a mini Lego figurine of Mrs. K on top of the divider of my desk as a constant reminder of the incident that occurred. To this day, I've not seen the mini Sharon. I'd be going to HR over that. That's property theft. Yeah, you can't just keep it. you got to get your shit back. It's like old man Wilson won't throw the frisbee uh, back. Uh, the old <laughs> Malibu Stacy thing. You mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been waiting nine years to get my Sharon back. <laughs> oh. I, I thought you were going to say she put the Mrs. K there as a way of saying, I'm sorry, here's my little gesture. Oh, no, no, no. It's She's just, just a prick. Her way of saying, <laughs> you're not getting it. 
That's just a bad... She's bad. A bad person. She's a bad person. There's a football in Australia. You're not allowed to steal them. No, not at all. Anyways. I had a great time uh, last Friday night kicking a football around the streets of Melbourne with my brother after the EJ Witten Legends game. That's pretty cool. Which, I, you know, I, it was like I was six years old again. There's something about kicking a football on the ground mm. after the game's finished oh, as well. Yeah, I, I haven't done that for ages. Just but kicking even, the football in general. You it's know? fun, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not even that great of a kick, but we're just running in and amongst this crowd of thousands going about their lives, getting back to cars. Strangers were getting involved. Everyone, like, you know, my brother and I are running around kicking. And then at one point, um, he obviously had made eye contact with someone else and s- kicked up a highball that I was going to camp under. Before I knew it, this complete stranger's taken a big hang on my shoulder and like, <laughs> on the concourse at Southern Cross Station. <laughs> you know, weaving in and about. Another point, I just got absolutely crunched in a tackle by a 40-year-old man. But you know, like, it was great fun. It's just, it's all, that's all part of the fun, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What have we got next as far as the mailbag goes? Oh, Joseph O'Hara uh, has written in with an idea of like what he thought would be a good idea to end The Simpsons overall as a show. Okay, yeah, because we asked that last week. Yeah, yeah. so his idea would be in, uh, an ending where it's a treehouse of horror, but each segment would be a different way to end the show. Um, he reckons do it as an hour-long special, so each segment could have a little bit more time so to three episodes in one. Yeah, effectively. It would then end with the family sitting down on the couch watching the TV. So, like, they've been watching their own Treehouse of Horror episode. Okay, yeah. Bart asking Homer, well, Dad, which one's the truth? And Homer just casually saying, oh, I don't know, I wasn't paying any attention or something along those lines. He'd then get off the couch, shout that he's off to Moe's, and as he leaves the house, we hear the rest of the family sort of arguing about which one is true. The camera pans out with the view of the house and we see Homer drive away uh, with a softer reprise of the Simpsons theme, Fade to Black, the end. So it's like giving the viewer their choice of how they want the Simpsons yeah, to end? it's a little bit of having your cake and eating it too. Like, you don't have to commit to an ending. You just go, here's some options. Now, I could see that having massive backlash. but The I, Simpsons need to commit to an ending. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, I get where he's coming from as well, though, and I don't mind it as an idea. I think that in this day and age... Ugh, no matter what you do to end it, outside of just being cancelled. Honestly, I think just being cancelled is probably the best way ever. Like, do you really need a definitive ending to a show that exists in a time frame when no one gets old and nothing changes from week to week? I was going to say, do you think it would benefit the writers more if they if no one knew that it was going to be the last episode and it just happened to be the last episode? Yeah. Because it, there's because a hell of a lot of pressure to put could, it on. Yeah, because if you tell people this is the last episode, whilst you might get a ratings boost for that one week... It's never going to live up to expectations. Nah. But I feel if they don't tell anybody and they just end the show, I think a lot of fans will then feel they'll feel somewhat bad. They'll think, oh, you know, we sort of hung shit on The Simpsons for so long and now it's gone. It'd be one of those, you don't know what you had till it's gone. Whilst The Simpsons is nowhere near as good as it is, well, as good as it used to be, I still like the fact that it's on. Mm. I'm one of those people that just, I'm glad that it's still going. It's not like it's going to end on a cliffhanger. No. And people are going to be like, ah, it's not coming back if it got cancelled. Unlike TV show Now and Again, which ran for one season and just ended on the greatest cliffhanger of all time. Might not have been the greatest show ever. I don't really know. I was 12 when I was watching it. But I do know as a 12-year-old, I had invested every ounce of my heart and soul into that TV show. And when it ended with all of the FBI or like whatever government agents raiding his house, and you're like, is he going to get caught? Is he not going to get caught? Like, boom, tune in for season two to find out if he survives. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? Two months later, whatever network has decided they're not doing now and again. I was like, what? I have to live forever? Not knowing. No, like with with no closure, it's like it's like having a kidnapped child and never finding the body. But the, the Simpsons. Sorry, that's not at all what it's like. <laughs> that's an awful thing. Be any more questions for the mailbag? One, one more question. Uh, this one comes for. Oh, oh actually, sort of sorry. Weird question. One question, one answer. Uh, Tristan Carroll has written in our listener Gearoid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, the correct pronunciation of that surname is Garode. Garode. Mm. He has a boss with the same set. Geroid is better, man. It's much better. It's like a Transformer. <laughs> it's a Pokemon. Yeah, it could be both. Yeah. Either or. It's an evolved Pokemon. Mm. Gearon is the, the normal one. Or, it um, evolves to Geroid. Or like a G.I. Joe weapon. Yeah. It'd be like... Uh, what was the bad guy in G.I. Joe? The guy with the patch. The, that was um, Action Man. What's his name? Cobra. Sorry. G.I. Joe fought against the Cobra forces, I think. Yeah, like they would have this mass weapon. The Gearoid. They have to get in and stop. <laughs> so many things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Endless possibilities I'm for Gearoid. i lost. Uh, no, so Jason Smith has written in with a question. Um, hi, uh, just been... So Jason's wondering if we've ever made a friend because of The Simpsons, but it turned out to be an annoying endeavour. The super popular Simpsons page... Uh, you know that one that's really hard to pronounce? Compu Global Hyper Meganet. Yeah. Which is Homer's computer... 
business. Yeah. Yep. Um, just recently hit in its popularity, probably a couple of months ago. Uh, so he was sort of looking through his friends list and thought, it, and he was finding heaps of different people. It was like, hey, wouldn't it be great to engage in this person seeing as they like the Simpsons? But after a few weeks of seeing them in person and basically just being a Simpsons quote off or pissing contest, he got really tired of it. Just wondering if you've had stories like that, whether you've connected with someone over a story or whatever it was that, <coughs> pardon me, or whatever it was that you had in common, uh, but it's the only thing you had in common and it hasn't fallen apart, or are you actually afraid of what would happen if we met some fans in person? I am afraid of meeting fans because I will not live up to expectations. Yeah. Not that expectations are high. <laughs> I just know <laughs> that I wouldn't be. Um, I had a guy at work years ago when I was after news shift that we would quote Simpsons all day every day, always talking about the Simpsons. I remember that time Homer did this, Homer did that, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Hey, doesn't that guy look like this guy? And I remember one time we went on like an excursion for work, went to the Broadmeadows plant on the bus and I sat next to him on the bus and all of a sudden we had to talk about real life shit, not just the Simpsons. And I was like, yeah. I have nothing to talk to you about. Yeah, that hurts. It was just really awkward that we had nothing in common but mm. the Simpsons, you know? Yeah. But yeah, so it didn't like go to shit. It didn't like make me angry, but it was just really awkward because I was like, I thought you were like a mate, but we have nothing in common. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Anyway. I had an incident at work where I used to have a really cool office in, in like it was at the front of the building. It was an open door. It was on like this little enclave type thing off on the side. Is this the Cryo one? No, no, no. This wasn't my current job. Okay. This was a previous job. Um, and it was free reign to put whatever I wanted on those walls. So I had like a Patrick Bateman doll um, from yeah. American Psycho. I had movie posters everywhere. I had a big Simpsons poster, that one with all the characters on it. Everyone's got that one. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. But I mean, not everyone has it at work. Yeah, yeah. So I gave off the vibe of being like the cool computer guy that knows a lot of uh, about movies Pop and TV. Shit, yeah. yeah. Um, so that would in turn attract a lot of super geeky people to the office. And the, like... And and I don't mean to denigrate, but there's like nerdy people who can still have conversations, and then there's geeky people who do not when, yeah. exist outside of their thing. Yeah. Um. So I remember one person where I'm like, just to be polite, I made like the only Star Trek reference that I knew, which was um, uh, from Star Trek Four. Spock. They, that's all. <laughs> Star Trek Four, where they go to LA, and one of the guys can't handle a computer that's not voice activated. Okay. It's like computer. Of it. The next three months, all we had was Star Trek conversations. I was like, mm. I don't know what the fuck you're talking yeah. about. And no matter how many times I could politely go, you know, I actually really haven't seen any of them. You just that was all. And then, like in any time that there was an awkward silence, he'd throw another Star Trek quote. Was out because he just a, wanted to engage with a, a superior? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a little bit of that, or maybe it was just. Not many people at work are talking Star Trek, and that's all you want to talk about. So as soon as you find that that's outlet, that's his life. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but it got to the point that I had to start avoiding him wherever possible because I was like, I just, I just, I, I don't care. I don't know. Please leave me alone. Yeah. I've got work. I have nothing against Star Trek, but I know nothing about it, so I can't engage. Yeah, with yeah, you. that's all it was. I, I'm not. I, I literally have never watched really any of the movies. I'm so. like that too. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I'm not have anything against Star Trek, but it's just never been something that I've mm. invested time in. Um, as for am I afraid of meeting listeners? No, I think that uh, expectations are low enough that I will be able to live up to them. I mean, I've already met one of them. I had one of them stay at my house. Yes, that's true. Oh, I was only joking anyway. I can't wait. I hope that when I go to America in mm. a couple of months' time, that I get to meet a couple of the listeners. Because it would just be mm. cool. Because it would just be great to put faces to names. Because mm. I feel kind of creepy stalking them on Facebook. Yeah, and Instagram. And, yeah. And I mean, I do it, but it makes me feel bad. <laughs> and Periscope. <laughs> Tinder. But yeah, if there's... Our trip, we leave November 23rd, we go to LA, then we're going to Las Vegas, then to San Francisco, San Diego, Orlando, and New York. If you live near there or there, let me know. If you're going to be there between November 23rd and December 23rd, I want to meet up with you guys and have a few beers. Or maybe you're coming to Australia for the summer around that yeah. period and you want to hang out with the cooler half of Four Finger Discount. <laughs> let me know and I'll be here. You want, you want to know something, listeners? It's Eating Mitchell Live that I get to go backstage. <laughs> At the Sister Studio. Is that happening? I thought that uh, our connection's going to be in New York at the time. No. It's already booked. We've got the date set and everything. Uh, okay. The actual time. All right. Good job. <laughs> uh, it's, all, it's all happening. Mm. Mm. Don't look so depressed. No, it's super. I'm happy for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so thanks for listening to our review of Camp Krusty. If you've got anything to write in to us about, whether it's a My Two Cents, a question or a real life story, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au 
We promise the Cape Fear podcast is not far away. It'll be in the next couple of days. As soon as I recover, it. my yeah. doctor says it will not be too long. Well, we, we honestly started recording the other day and I just thought, no, nah, it's just not worth it. You guys are paying your hard-earned money for it. We want it to be as good as possible. But we already do have Bart versus Australia and You Only Move Twice available right now on our website. So go to fourfingerdiscount.com.au, click on the premium podcast option in the menu up the top and you'll be able to purchase them for a dollar you do per episode. If you are going to purchase both of them, please do so in the same transaction because we pay less fees that way. PayPal, as we said, take out 30% per transaction. Please follow us on Twitter. Mitch is all over Twitter at the moment, aren't you? You're actually getting into it and I'm enjoying it. I am. I'm not, and you've posted a couple of things. Yeah, well... People are starting to engage with us on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter okay. really is well, the best way to connect directly to us, isn't it? Don't get carried away. Or either that or messaging in Facebook. You well, can be see, I like you can get more praise into a Facebook message because yeah, it goes longer. But if, if you just want to have just you just want to ask us something or just chat to us, just tweet us on Facebook. Uh, just tweet us on Twitter because on Facebook we get so many inboxes of people sending in photos that they want shared on the page. Mm. The best way to connect and communicate directly to us is Twitter. Mitch will guaranteed right back to you. I sort of lit a fire under your ass the other day, didn't I? But it wasn't your fault. You just didn't know. Your phone wasn't connected to Twitter. I'm like, dude, yeah. there's lots of shit to write back to on Twitter. Fucking do it. Yeah, and, then, and then I think I, I fired off about 13. Yeah, it just went crazy. You're like, Twitter, done. Yeah, I said, <laughs> that's Twitter one for the day. But um, yeah, but thanks everyone that's been tweeting us this week at Four Finger Pod. If you haven't done it, please follow us. We'd like to boost up our followers on Twitter. Also, if you haven't liked us on Facebook, I'm assuming you have. Make sure you please rate and review us in the iTunes store. That is very, very important. Your mission for this week: give it, uh, give us a five star positive review on uh, iTunes. That would be really, really good. Yes. Now, Mitch, any final words before the listeners go? What are we reviewing next week? The episode you like, is it a streetcar named March? Is that next week? Is that next week or is that the week after? I'm not too sure. You had the list up before. That was just a generic list of things that were happening. I'll find out for you, though, in two seconds. As far as any final words, with where my throat is, I feel like that everything that I've said tonight might be my final words forever. Like, it's just, I'm going to have to go in for, if if any listeners out there have some vocal cords that they can donate, I'll take them on. I was making the joke that the the positive side effect of this is I've discovered that I can do a Lunch Lady Doris impression I didn't know about before. And Abe, uh, before we started recording, I was doing Abe from Abe's Odd World. Oh, do it, do it. um, This is Rapture Farms. (laughs) It's got like the nasally. Yeah. I used to work here, but really I was a slave like all the others. So, get me out of here. (laughs) Follow me. Okay. (laughs) More... I spent more time on the PS1 making Abe talk to nobody than I spent actually playing that game. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I knew how to do. I kept dying in the first level. Just keep pressing a few buttons and like, follow me. Okay. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so what is the second episode of season four? I was uh, really struggling with typing and doing my Abe impression at the same time. So hold on one moment. I feel like to everyone that listens to us that's under the age of 26, the last two minutes would have just been the most annoying sounding <laughs> thing they've ever heard. Most confusing thing they've ever heard. Although there was a remake recently. It's on the PlayStation Network. They, they redid, um, I think... They're remaking Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, really? Yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, they did a remastering of Abe. I, I'm not sure if it was a combination. Well, the original game. It is. Yeah, like, I, I'm not sure if they did a combination of that and Abe's Exodus or if it's just... The original being remade. Uh, Streetcar Named Marge is yes. coming up next, which gives us the wonderful John Lovitz making a return to The Simpsons as the um, as the director. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. New Orleans. I can see this being an episode that, because as a kid, hated it. I just did not oh, like really? this episode at all, but I can see myself really enjoying well, it because I appreciate John Lovitz as I've yeah, gone back and As a the theatre kid, I absolutely love it. Yeah. I, um, just, as a, I don't know, as a kid, it was just one of those episodes that I was like, eh, it skip. It wouldn't hurt if you could find the time to watch A Streetcar Named Desire between now and then. So it's a good parody, is it? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so as we said, thanks for listening to our review of Camp Krusty. Send your opinions on this episode of Four Finger Discount to mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Make sure you tweet Mitch this week. Like us on Facebook. Rate and review us in the iTunes store. Very, very important. Mitch, any final words? Here's a little bit of forward trivia for a streetcar named Marge. Marlon Brando, who played Stanley Kowalski in the definitive movie adaptation of the play, uh, was shown this episode of The Simpsons by Ed Norton while filming The Score in 2001, which is a highly underrated thriller. According to Norton, Brando loved it. That's awesome. Awesome. Mm. I thought you were say you hated it. No, no. You hated no. everything. Mm. It's also no- uh, amazing that Ed Norton decided to be funny off set. Oh, sorry, <laughs> off camera on set. All right, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you all next week. Shh.